Step out into the open air and claim your freedom waiting there. Good morning and welcome back to Coffee in the Crow. I'm Abigail Hobbs. So glad to be here this morning um, outside. <laughs> oh, and not inside. So, yes. Very glad to be here and happy to be showing up this morning. Uh, I have no list. I have no huge agenda for today or amazing stories, but I'm here. And I was just remembering this little song that my daughters had recorded on my phone. They are just amazing. And they'll randomly write these little ditties and tunes and songs. And they're so packed full of meaning it shocks me every time and it's like unending it, it their creativity is unending so they were singing in the kitchen one day and they said mom listen to this and they sang this little tune and I was like wait a minute let me I was like let me listen to the words of that better and the words to there was a really short little song and the but the words were you know the cool thing about my roots is they can grow and move around. That was it. That was their little song. The cool thing about my roots is they can grow and move around. And I was like, that is so simple, but profound. And I thought about that. Like, we all know that about roots. Everybody knows that. But to sit for just a minute and think about that. And the way they they put it in the song was so intuitive because it, it made me think, you know, that is a really cool thing. As humans, you know, I talk about how cool it is that our brain never stops growing and changing. And how we always have the ability to learn and um, evolve in our lives. But the, it was just like a different aspect of it. The cool thing about my roots is they're not stuck. They're not stuck the same length, the same way. Like they're not literally, I mean, we all know they grow, but as they grow, they're also moving around. They're going deeper, reaching farther out, growing more roots, extending, expanding, discovering, exploring. I mean, people, isn't that cool? That's a cool thing about our roots. Um, and, it, you know, when, we, when, the, when the word roots is usually used in, in conversation, you know, to uh, be like a metaphor of something, it's usually like, you know, got your roots deep. You got your roots in the ground. They're like you're grounded. You're, you're, you've got what you believe. You have your system in place. You're grounded for life. You know, you got your roots in. You, no storm's going to push you over sort of thing. But I love this different aspect to roots of like, actually, the roots are not there to make you be stuck. The roots are there to grow, to move, to expand, to explore and discover. Yes, they do hold you up, but those roots are not these stakes in the ground. And I think too often it's easy to get in our thinking in our lives, like the way we think about things, the way we um, have always thought about things or the way we've been taught to think about things, 
that just becomes our norm. And instead of being like roots in the ground, they become like stakes in the ground that are just stuck there. Because that's what we've always thought or that's what we've always believed or that's what we've been taught. So that those are our roots. No, those are stakes. Roots, Zell is over here right now. I don't know if you can hear her licking and chewing. She's nuzzling me. Hi, Zell. That our roots are meant to grow and expand and move around. How fucking cool is that? I don't know. I, I just love it. And I loved that, you know, my daughters are just in there simply being super grateful. and like, that's a cool thing about roots, you know? I'm not stuck in one way. So um, I hope that I hope that gives you all some food for thought this week because, yeah, let's not think of roots like steaks. Let's, let's keep growing and evolving and learning and experimenting, exploring and moving around. Anyways, enough of that. Um, maybe sometime I'll have my daughters sing that song and then you girls, then you girls, wow, then you guys, <laughs> I don't know, sorry, side note, why do we say guys and it includes everybody? But when I say girls, it strictly means girls. I literally just thought about that. That's a problem. I feel like that's a problem. I feel like if you say guys and it, it just everybody assumes it's just the whole group of people. Like, hey, you guys. How come we can't say, hey, you girls, and it could include guys too? What's, what's wrong with that? Wow. Messed up system. Messed up thinking. Anyways. <laughs> okay, y'all. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe I was saying, maybe I'll have them sometime come on here and sing that song. Zell, don't eat my paper. I do have a, um, one paper with me. To, it's a poem. I'll read you guys, but I'm going to wait till the end. So the other thing I was going to mention, um, what was I going to mention? Oh, oh, I know. I know. Um, I was getting milk out this morning to make my coffee and, um, our family's dairy-free, so we make our own almond milk. Here's the rooster in the background crowing. We make our own almond milk, and um, I was going to the fridge to get our almond milk out, and I found the two quart jars filled with almond milk that I had made like a week ago, and I had forgotten they were there because they usually use the bigger jars, but we were out. So these two jars, I was like, oh, no, are they bad? And I un screwed the lids and tasted them and they definitely had gone sour and I was really sad because it's like an ordeal to make almond milk it's not the hardest thing in the world but it's just an ordeal and um I was really frustrated that I wasted a half a gallon of almond milk so I'm pouring it out in the sink and my youngest daughter Ava she's standing there by me and she's like it's okay mommy it's okay I I know that's not how you wanted it to turn out I was like yeah oh well that's life I said, I guess some days are just learning days. And she said, every day is a learning day. And I was like, well, that's true. At least we hope it is anyways, right? And she said, Mom, mistakes are learning. It's, she said, you can, you can learn if you read a book, but mistakes are like the best way to learn. And I just got a really big smile on my face and thought, well, you know what? It's true. We do learn the best. <laughs> you know, like those are the things that really stick with us. Um, 
So this is a really sweet moment. And I, we had this little conversation just about learning. And I said, you know, some people don't even like to call them mistakes. They just call them learning opportunities. And she's like, that's right. Because if we didn't have them, we wouldn't be able to change and grow in life as much as we do. Like the, they, they help us the most. And so I thought that's, that was really cool. That was a kind of a neat way to reframe, reframe the way that, you know, we think about mistakes. So anyways, I guess I won't be making that mistake again of <laughs> putting all my milk in, in quart jars instead of the half gallon. So anyways, there's that. Um, this week, well, I, last week, um, I talked about trying to enroll my son in high school and we officially got him enrolled as of, let me think, it was Thursday. As of Thursday, he went in. Um, Wednesday, my husband, Nate, went in and met with the principal. And um, they had a good conversation and really felt like the principal was trying his best to figure out how to get my son's uh, credits matched up so he could be enrolled and be in his senior year this year. So long story short, they got it all worked out. Jaden started school on Thursday last week, and it was just such a huge relief to me as I had started doubting myself so bad and started you know just being afraid maybe I haven't done a good job as a homeschool mom and all the things all the things when our life just feels like something goes terribly wrong in it and then we instantly go to doubt and all the fears that we have feared seem like they're coming true. And I thought about that a lot this week of, you know, when those things come in life where something doesn't seem to be going right or uh, something happens and just flips your world upside down, it's like the first thing we want to do is start doubting and you have all these fears. And, and for me, I realized that really it was, you know, all I talk about negative self-talk and all of these voices coming to my head saying, you know, oh, you just haven't done a good enough job and blah, blah, blah. And you should put him in high school a long time ago and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, you're not qualified to be a, a homeschool mom and all these things. And so all week long, I battled all those voices. I kept like, go away, like, stop, like, leave me alone. Like, this is not helpful. And, and I just, you know, like trying to escape those thoughts all week long even trying to make them go away and not think about it. It just, nothing worked. Nothing worked. And I realized at the end of the week, after my son was in school, I went off on biking for the day. And I was thinking, those voices were just scared. And I realized that it was the little scared girl inside of me the, you know, the one that's afraid and has all these fears and then suddenly this, this situation happens in life and then you're afraid that all of your fears might be true. Because it's like in our prefrontal cortex of our part of our brain, the thinking part of our brain, we know these are fears. These are just fears. I'm just afraid. Like I just have to keep pushing on. But then something happens and I'm like going into the high school was very scary for me. And, but I knew... Those were just fears that I had to, to go past. But then when they were having trouble enrolling my son, trying to match everything up, 
all of these fears, the, the fears in me then were, oh my gosh, maybe all my fears are true, that I'm not a good mom, that I haven't done a good job of homeschooling, that I've been making bad choices. So it's like having fears about my, that my fears were true. And those were so fucking scary. And I realized I couldn't make those go away because it was just a little girl in me. It was like trying to make a part of myself go away. And it doesn't work that way. I, and so one of the things I'm going to try to be working on is when I feel sabotaged by those fears or fears that my fears are true, instead of like trying so hard to push them away or shove them down or run away from it, I can stop and go, hey, hey, little girl, what are you afraid of? What is it? What's bothering you? Intend to that because I feel like once I was able, like I sat down and wrote down all the things the voices were saying to me. And once I did that, I read those things back to myself and I thought, oh my goodness, no, that's not true. Let me show you what's true. And I was able to reflect back on the things I have accomplished in life and reflect back on how amazingly smart and awesome my son is and be like, no, none of that's true, honey. Here, this is what's true. It was amazing. I felt so much better instantly. And I thought, wow, I just needed to take a moment to tend to those fears and to reassure that little girl and tell her what's true. <sighs> so yeah, maybe think about that. It was, it was, it was amazing. It was transformative. Literally. It really, really helped me. So I, I think part of it for me is just learning to embrace all of myself. And instead of seeing these voices as these annoying outside factors just sabotaging my brain, realizing, no, it's a part of me that is begging for attention and is scared. And I need to tend to all the parts of me because every part of me matters. Every single part. So, yeah, I feel, I feel better because I can never make those voices go away anyways, you know. I think we all tried to some, some uh, degree or another, but maybe try that next time. Maybe try stopping a moment and talking, talking to yourself, asking yourself some questions finding out where those fears are coming from, and then speak some truth into it. Okay, a um, couple more things before we wind up here. Uh, one of the, here's a very vulnerable and raw moment. Um, this week I've been thinking a lot about choices and what does it mean for me to choose the life for myself that I want? What does it mean for me to learn to... Um, say the things I want uh, it's just it's scary it is really scary and I don't know if this is just a woman thing or especially when you're a woman and a wife and a mom all the things you know it's just really scary to for one allow yourself to even think about having wants but then to voice what you want is, oh my 
God, it's a whole other level of fucking scary. Um, but I talked with Nate yesterday because I've really been thinking about it and I want to become more confident in myself and be able to voice what I want and, um, not feel like I'm this, I've always had this picture of myself that I'm this insecure, stupid, needy, dumb woman that just can't make good decisions and she has to rely on her husband all the time because he's really smart and he's really capable and he's really wise and um he's strong and he's stable and I'm just a mess so you know like I've always told everybody like he's my he's the roots of the tree and I'm the top of the tree screaming for dear life in a storm people laugh but the truth is I really view myself as that like this freak at the top of the tree screaming her screaming her lungs out um and so I'm I'm trying to to learn to see myself differently and realize that look I can be a confident woman and I can learn to trust myself and not have to run everything by my husband and not have to rely on his gut and his intuition or his wisdom know that I have my own intuition. I have my own gut feeling that I can trust. But that is so scary for me. And I know everybody has their own story. And some women are like, whatever. I don't need no man to tell me what to do. But that hasn't been my story. My story is, um, I'm, and I, I think a very large part of it was due to the way I was raised in a very religious setting, you know, where the husband was a leader, the wife was, you know, she was the helpmate and she just was there to support her husband as he led the way, you know, and just, so I just played this role really and become this role of this person that wasn't really capable and, and never trusted herself. So I'm trying to change that, trying to think about allowing myself to dream a little bit and ask myself the hard questions. What do you want? What do you want in your life to be fulfilled? So I sat down yesterday and was talking with him and, and, you know, he's been just crazy amazing and supportive. And as far as like, you know, I really look forward to whenever you can just tell me what you want and you go do what you want. Um, he has, is so done with the whole, you know, I am your, you know, uh, I can't think of the right word, but you know. Like you're king. I am the one over you and you are my, <laughs> you do what I say. Like he's so over that. He's, he's never liked that aspect of, of religion. And so he loves when I'm badass and, 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 and confidence. Um, but a lot of times, as soon as I get, when things get hard or my kids struggle, I, I run to fear and I want to just crawl back in the hole and say, just, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to mess everything up. So I just go rely on him because I think, oh, I'm just fucking it up. I can't trust myself. And so, um, anyways, we were talking about that. And I ended up telling him, I was like, I know what I want. Like, I want to spend more time with my partner. Um, And it was really hard for me to say that because I love my family so much. And I love my husband and I love my kids and I love my life here on our beautiful farm but there's this part of me that I've never been able to have until recently and and that only my partner can fulfill and so 
when I try to just ignore that part and do what I feel like I should do, which is just pour all my time and effort into my kids and my husband, um, then I end up, I've been realizing that I'm, I'm starting to feel like frustrated inside. You know, I have to wait for my kids to all grow up and I got to wait for everything to fall into place before I can spend more time with her. And I just realized like that, if we're in this for the long haul, like that's not going to work for me. So long story short, it was a really good conversation and it felt so scary, but so empowering to just voice. This is what I want. And of course, Nate was right there. He's like, absolutely. Let's make it happen. Yes. And it was just another step forward. You know, we talked last week about, you know, small steps in the right direction. It was another step forward in the right direction because it felt so good. But it was so hard. It took every cell in my body to force myself to say that. And I want to get better at that. And I want all of us to be able to look inside and say, what do I want? And then say what we want. Not ask for it or plead or feel guilty. Like say what we want. This is our one life. Guys, we got one life. We got one shot. If we spend it doing all the things that we think we should do and doing all the things that in, in, in whatever way that we feel like will be acceptable and people will agree with, we are wasting our precious life. This is our life to live. And we get to live it however we damn want. That's the truth. But it's very scary. It's very scary to actually do that. So that was my huge small step in the right direction this week. <sighs> okay, last thing. Um, I, <laughs> I've been working on a logo for my business of like empowering people in their lives and trying to come up with a name for the business and... Um, what I want to be and um, thought about being a life empowerment coach because I want to empower people in their lives. Then I looked that up. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many life empowerment coaches. I want to be something different. <laughs> this is my thing. I like to be different. So I was like, I'll be a freedom coach. I looked that up. There's like 5 million freedom coaches. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, so the, the name of my business, we decided on this. Um, is, uh, and this is something that actually that I thought up of because, um, I was trying to find an email for one that nobody else had claimed. And I've been thinking about like, I want people to be free in their lives, but freedom doesn't come to you and say, ta-da, be free. It doesn't, it's there. It's available for you, but you have to grab it. You have to seize it. You have to take it. You have to run with it and people are going to try your whole life to take it back from you. And so it's a daily thing. And it's this never ending quest to be free and to stay free. Um, so the name of my business is going to be Freedom for the Taking. Because it's there, but you have to take it. So anyways... The, uh, the, uh, what's it called? Not the emblem, but the, anyways, the, the, <laughs> whoever's listening to this is like, I know what it's called. It's a little, like the little, um, picture you put with your, 
the name of your business so that it can like be this trademark logo and people can see that picture and be like, oh, I know what that's associated with. So I wanted to do a zebra because I love zebras, people. I've always loved zebras and here's why. They are so wild, okay? You don't see people riding zebras. The main reason you don't see people riding zebras is because they are so wild and so undomesticated and so difficult to train. So there are trained zebras and you will see like zebras at the zoo and things like that, but very, very rare where you see people actually working with zebras. Like in the zoo, they're just in their setting. Nobody's training them, nobody's riding them. They're not putting halters on them, leading them all over the place. They're very difficult to train because they have such a wild, undomesticated mind. Um, they're not like horses where they're a lot easier to dominate. Zebras are not that way. Okay, zebras kick with their hind feet. When they kick, they use both legs, which horses can too, but zebras, like that's their trademark. When they kick with their hind legs, you ain't gonna get a little bruise. I've been kicked by horses. Okay, I've gotten plenty of bruises on my legs. I've been kicked over. I've been blown back 12 feet on the ground. I've had small kicks, big kicks. Zebras don't do small kicks. When a zebra kicks, they have been known to decapitate lions. Kick their heads off. Okay, you look it up on, on, on Google search, you'll see pictures of zebra kicking lions like nobody's business. They are badasses. Okay, and here and they're prey animals. They're not predators. So they're just badass prey animals out there like, don't mess with me. I won't mess with you if you don't mess with me. So I and, and one of my dreams has always been to like train a zebra. And I realized recently that's a very terrible dream. And I <laughs> had to release that dream back to the universe because I realized that training a zebra was all about my ego. And like, hey, zebras are super undomesticated. Watch me. I'm going to train a zebra. All about me, okay? So I release that back to the universe. I'm sorry, zebras. I will not train you. I still would love to have one just because they're so wild. And I just want like some wild zebra running around in my field. But anyways, if you have a zebra and you want to give me a baby zebra, I'm not going to turn it away. Um, but I won't train it. I'll just like watch it from a distance. So the zebra is the emblem for the logo. And so I decided to be different. I'm not going to be a life coach. I'm not going to be a freedom coach. I'm going to be a fucking zebra coach. Okay. I'm going to teach you how to live your life in freedom and not let those predators steal your freedom. Okay. That's what we're doing. So anyways, I have this poem and I'm going to read it. I wrote this uh, last Thursday after I biked into town and then, um, wrote a blog and then I did some more biking and I was just thinking about the voices in my head and how I have all these doubts and what would I say back to them? What would I say to that little girl that is just so scared to step into this new part of her life and to be 100% authentic and to start a business that about helping other people, I feel so insecure and scared and uh, unqualified. So this is, there's this internal struggle and I've talked about it before. So here's the poem for whatever it's worth. I hope somebody out there is able to hear this and be like, yes, yes. If you want to uh, read it, I'm going to post it on my blog. 
So it'll be on biketotype.com. Okay, here we go. This is called Dare to Shine. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. To dare to shine is so bizarre. Who's going to use their precious time on someone who's not worth a dime? Tell me, who will need your voice when there's always a more qualified choice? No written book, no claim to fame, no reason people should know your name. Save your wishing for the stars, because there's no way you'll reach that far. Hush, hold on. You've got a song. The truth is that you do belong. The sky, though filled with shining dots, has saved for you a special spot. Step out and dare to be yourself. Break the rules, leap off the shelf. Every star was made to shine. No shrinking back, it's your time. Don't second guess and don't compare. There is abundance for all to share. Your story is not yours to keep. See the view, then take the leap. I'll see you guys next week. Love you. Bye. If I wrote it in a song, would you believe it more? If I busted at the lock, would you open the door? If I dare to speak my truth, would you still value me? If I reach my hand to you, would you reach it back to me? Darling, there's no reason why you should have to hide. Step out into the open air and claim your freedom waiting there.